Hi, welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast. I'm Holden, your host, Holden <laughs> Sutter. <laughs> and this is my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're reversing roles here today. Holden's doing the uh, play-by-play. I'm the color I'm commentator. It. I'm running it. And Jimmy didn't give me like the intro or anything because he said he wanted me to see how I ran it. And evidently, it's going really well so far. Yeah. So... Um, I feel like you usually say a lot at the beginning, but I don't remember what you say. Uh, this is Tomp. Yeah. What, are, that we, what are we reviewing today? Oh, we're reviewing uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad story, a, a Star Wars story. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> I never listen how you do these intros, so... <laughs> That one movie podcast. Stomp. The Tom's. The Tom's. The Tom's. The Tom's. Holden, before we do our review. I would sure like to know about the news from this week. Am I right? Heck yeah. We got a little game I like to call Toms, right? What is the Toms? Toms. Who are these Toms? It's a rapid fire game. I remember that part. (laughs) And it's where we rate the news from this week on three levels. We got Tom Brokaw. For the good, we got Berger, Tom Bergeron for the middle, like we don't care. Or we got Bombadil, Tom Bombadil for the bad. So we rate it based on those three levels. Yeah. There there we explain the Toms. Just any news? or It's specifically entertainment news, like movie news. Uh, sometimes game news, you know. Depending TV on shows. TV shows, yeah. Wow. Good intro, right? I'm ready to play these toms. Let's do it, Jimmy. All right. I got some stuff. First of all, someone died this week. Robert Robert. Forster. Rest in peace, Robert Forster. He died at the age of 78 of brain cancer. Uh, He was a beloved character actor. Yeah, it was was brain cancer. Um, He was a beloved character actor. He just kind of popped up in things from here and there. Um, so you may know him from movies like Medium Cool from 1969 or Mulholland Drive, which is one of my favorite movies, which I didn't know he was in until I started writing these notes. Um, but he was also recently, uh, very timely, he was in the Breaking Bad movie that we're going to be reviewing, yes, El Camino. El Camino and um, Jackie Brown. And Jackie Brown, which we just reviewed. And he's really our, good in Jackie Brown. One of our most popular episodes. Yeah. Uh, and he's probably one of my favorite parts of that movie. I think he's really good. I would good say he's my favorite part of that movie, yeah. other than um, uh, Pam Greer. Is yeah, Pam him? Greer. Yeah. Um, Both their chemistry in Jackie Brown is great. excellent. Electric, you might Electric. say. Electric. Um, but yeah, so he's in the Electro. Breaking Bad movie, and we'll get to it. He plays the uh, the guy... In the, from the TV show where he's, he gets people to disappear. And I didn't remember that until I watched the movie. <laughs> I didn't remember that either. Yeah, but he's apparently in the second to last episode of the show. That's where, he's, where he appears. Like, I kind of vaguely remembered I remember him. the character existing, but I don't remember him doing yeah. it. So, yeah, so it, uh, that movie came out, I, or was first released on the day of his death. So... Kind of unfortunate, I guess, but it was cool to see him in that movie, I guess, one last time. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We when will. We get to the review. Yeah. I'm going to give Robert Forsta, F- Forster, sorry, Robert four stars. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, four, four stars star guy, five stars. Four stars out of four. Yeah, okay. There you go. Um, I'm going to give him a broke on life, I think. I don't know how good of a person he was. I liked I'll, him as an actor. Yeah, I'll give him a broke as well. He seems well, he seems like a nice guy. In he the, played in the some stuff. very nice older people. Yeah. In what I saw. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll give it a broke as well. All right. Uh, so next, this is some fairly recent breaking news. I had to add this late. But uh, Zoe Kravitz is announced to be Catwoman in the new Batman 
Zoe Kravitz. What else is she in? Uh, so she's the thing I mainly know her from is she's one of the main characters in Big Little Lies, but she's also in the second Fantastic Beasts movie. She's like the ex. Oh yeah, y- yeah her. She, oh, who is she in that? She's movie? like she's uh, Newt Scamander's like ex girlfriend or right. whatever. Yeah, I think she dies at the end. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, does she get killed by Grindelwald? I think. Spoilers, maybe. Uh, who cares? Do you care? No. Pro- I would hope. I not. was falling asleep during that movie. Um. Anyway, yeah. So she's gonna be Catwoman. <laughs> Why was that one guy in it again? <laughs> <laughs> what? The guy who just comes at the end. <laughs> He's again? just like I, I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but apparently, other nominees for this role were Zazie Beetz, who we just saw in Joker. Um, Isa Gonzalez, who was in Hobbs and Shaw and um, Baby Driver, and Alicia Vikander, who hmm. is most well known from Tomb Raider. <laughs> Ex Machina. Let's yeah, go with Ex Machina. Let's go with Ex Machina. I think uh, Zoe Kravitz will be good yeah, in this role. She's a good I'm actress. I'll, I'm kind of excited to, to see that. I'll yeah. give this a Brokaw. Brokaw for me as well. Nice. Although I think any of those not people you listed would have been pretty good yeah, as well. I agree. Um, okay, this is actually even more breaking news. I added this just before I came here, but Venom a of, 2. A lot of breaking news for the Breaking Bad episode, <laughs> am I right? Oh, <laughs> I'm good, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy See, this is the color commentary I bring to the table. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now that I don't have to worry about reading notes, my mind is just, he's just on it. He's running through it. I'm he's at the list, peak he's, performance he's right He's improving here. right now. Um, so improving. Improving. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Venom 2 uh, has some breaking news where Carnage will be joined by a female love interest in Venom 2. Uh-huh. <laughs> a female symbiote who is from the comics I think known it should as be, Shriek. I think it should be Carnage, Carnage Shriek in Venom 2, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not T-O-O, it's Two. two. That'd be good. <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh so yeah, so Woody Harrelson's gonna have a, a love interest, I guess. Oh man. Um Shriek in the comics was a symbiote that could like had like really loud um I, I think it had like Shrieking. Vo- yeah, I think it was like a banshee almost like powers. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. There's going to be cringe, I think. There's gonna be right? Shriek. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna give That's this a, a bombadil. bombadil. That is <laughs> That's a, big, a bad idea. Fat bombadil. Two thumbs down. Bombadil. Great. Glad we agreed on that. Um. So Brie Larson this week made a comment on an all-female Avengers movie, and I'm gonna read. A what? A, that's a shocker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna read a quote on what she says. Um. I will say that a lot of the female cast members from Marvel walked up to Kevin Feige, uh, or walked up to Kevin Feige, and we were like, "We're in this together. We want to do this." Well, that means I have no idea. You know, I'm not in charge of the future of Marvel, but it's something that we're really passionate about and we love. And I feel like if enough people out in the world talk about how much they want it, maybe it'll happen. Well, Jimmy, do you want that? I mean, I'm I'm okay with them making a f- all female movie as long as it like it's not literally just for the sake of you know doing that. Like I think yeah. I'm all for like representation, and I think it's cool that um, there are a lot of I think there should be more females in the roles. And I'm f- they're yeah. finally getting more prominent place in the MCU. Um, I mean, earlier on that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, I do. I think it's necessary. I don't think it's like necessary. I don't think there's not like an all male MCU. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> um, yeah. Avengers. I mean, like if they do it, I'm not going to be like, oh man, it's just all those PC, PC liberals. Am I right? <laughs> um, but if it's just like in your face all the time, I mm-hmm, think it's pandering. almost. I think it's just counterintuitive. Counterintuitive at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, like, I'm all for representation. I think a lot of the way of um, combating kind of stereotypes and uh, those things are, are like, through a process of, like, just representing based on, like, demographics sure. in society. And, I mean, like, but, like, just so in your face, on the nose about it, I think can be counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. I already said that, but. Yeah, uh, I think that it could be cool if they intru- but I think they need to introduce better female 
<laughs> characters. Yeah, yeah, they have to be good characters. I, I don't. I, I really don't want Captain Marvel leading it. <laughs> At like, least, I mean, that's at least what not, would not the interpretation we've no. had so far. I don't think she's been that compelling. If she's better than, I think like, a Captain Marvel the 2. The character, I think, has some interesting ways to go with it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just didn't think um, we saw that in the, no. the first movie and her brief appearance in Endgame. No, and I think I, I'm still not sold on Brie Larson in that role either. I think with better writing, maybe it would, it would be fine. We'll see. I'm kind of so. We'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna give it a Bergeron. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. A kind of a wait and see sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what I got next, uh, David Diggs is to voice Sebastian in the live action Little Mermaid. David Diggs. David Diggs. What is he in? Uh, he has been. He he starred in Hamilton on Broadway. Oh. That was a big thing for him. But he has also <coughs> been in Blind Spotting, which was a movie that came out last year that's supposed to be really it. really good. He starred in that. Um, Velvet. He was in Velvet Buzzsaw. I can't remember what role he had, but that's uh, he's in that. And then he's got he, nice hair. Yeah, he does. He's and, in Wonder. Snow. Oh yeah, he Snowpiercer. In, in 20, 2020 version. Oh, so the TV show. Yeah. Okay, cool. He's voicing who? Sebastian, the crab. Un- oh. Under the sea. That one. <laughs> More like your grades, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. You got me good, Chip. Oh, oh and Nicholas. See, this is you my just revealed that I, <laughs> You just revealed I'm getting C's <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I'm not really, though, because I know my parents listen to this. So <sighs> Exposed. Don't worry. See, um, we should have let you do the mo- notes more often because then I get all this wise cracking oh, jokes great. <laughs> at your expense. Anyway, uh, he's a very talented singer from what I understand. I'm not really a fan of Hamilton personally, but a lot of people love it. Oh, he plays Lafayette in Hamilton. Oh, okay. And Thomas go. Jefferson. Oh, yeah, that's right because they play multiple characters. I think a lot yeah. of them do. Um, I will give it a Brokaw because he's a pretty talented guy from what I've seen. I'll give it a Brokaw as well. All right. There you go. And then my mom will be like, the guy from Hamilton who sings as Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson's doing the crab and the little mermaid. <laughs> we got to go away a million times. <laughs> my parents are really, really like Hamilton. I'm glad that makes one of us. I, I it's, a good, it's a good musical, man. You know what? Fine. I'm not huge on it. Um, okay, so next up, so there's apparently making they're making a John Wick spinoff. I wasn't aware of this, but it didn't seem like this was the main What's part the of the news. What's the John Wick hex thing? Is that that's this? a video game? That's a video game. What yeah, is that? And it's already come out. It's like some, I don't know. Is it kind of like one of those Lara Croft Go things, or is it something else? I, uh, I think it's more like an XCOM, almost like with the way it plays. Well, you keep talking. Okay. Anyway. Um, so this movie is called is at least tentatively known as Ballerina, and it's apparently a spinoff that's described as a young female assassin who seeks revenge on the people who killed their family. Seems pretty generic. That's great. Um, Len Wiseman is set to direct. He's uh, the one, the mind behind the Incredible Underworld franchise, Live Free or Die Hard, which is probably one of the bad <laughs> Die Hard movies in some other TV shows. I've still only seen the first one. I've Probably only seen the first the one best. too. I think the third one's supposed to be pretty good. That's the one with Samuel L. Jackson in it too. But um, uh, yeah. Anyway, so what do you think about a John Wick spinoff movie with a generic plot? I'm gonna give it a Bombadil. Actually, yeah. it's. I feel like I'm not all that invested in the story of the normal John Wick <laughs> movies. It's kind of just for the action. Which I mean, I feel like maybe that would make me more inclined to like this since I don't care as much as this about the story, but. My only thing with I, the ac- I don't know. My only thing with the action is is like it's it's being directed by a guy who hasn't really proven himself from what I can tell and so I'm just kind of like I don't know if the action would even be any good. Yeah, I'm not too thrilled about this one. What are you going to give I'm it? I'm going to give it a Bombadil as well. All right. All well, right. Just bringing all the bad news out here. I am. Uh Ryan Reynolds was reportedly at Marvel discussing his next plans for Deadpool. Uh nothing official came out from it. But uh, the Deadpool writers said they wanted to wait until they had it because it had to be the right story. And nothing is for sure being worked on currently in terms of uh, like writing or anything. Uh, they said, Ryan's super busy. We've got a lot of projects lined up, but we wake up thinking about Deadpool and we go to sleep thinking about Deadpool. That's called obsession. 
I think they need to calm down. I agree. <laughs> I no. like how they're waiting for a, a good story. Yeah, and I I think you know if if they're still saying this and Ryan Reynolds is in talks with Marvel, that could be a good sign. Yeah, maybe he'll keep going. Just dip his toes in the MCU a little bit, but not too much. You don't want him in the MCU. I well, I don't think they'll let him be like directly in it. I think it'll be like. Do you some think it'll just be kind of like wink and a nod, yeah. sort of cameos? Because I don't think Marvel really wants an R-rated. If they keep it R-rated, they're gonna want him in it. And it sounds like they would keep it R-rated. So, I think you. I feel like there's so much play there with it being PG-13. Like, there's a whole array of jokes you can make about it being PG-13. Yeah. Where, well, like, he's about to, like, graphically murder somebody. He's like, oh, wait, that's right. Well, and Once Upon Disney, a Deadpool does right? that a little bit. That, that uh, Christmas Deadpool movie. Yeah, I never, I never did see it. It does that a little bit. That movie's kind of funny, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give it a Bergeron. I'm going to give it a Brokaw, because they're waiting for a good story rather All than right. just Turning something out. Classic Hollywood, am <laughs> I right? Classic Hollywood. Just making reboots and churning out sequels. Not the Deadpool guys. <laughs> Not nope. them. Uh, okay, this is... This is I what... wouldn't accuse Marvel of being one to just churn out movies, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Those Disney people. Yeah, for sure. They really wait for quality over quality. Yeah, quantity. that's why we got Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this this is one of this one almost belongs more in like a uh, what a time to be alive segment, but I'm gonna say it here. Um, since we haven't done what a time to be alive since it. some like 2019, am I right? <laughs> that's funny. That's more relevant. That's more relevant in the future. <laughs> Topical humor. Um, so Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> re- recently did an interview, presumably for the Terminator movie coming out soon. But it, he he talked about his opinion on death. <laughs> did you see this? Like death as a just like death mortality. as a concept. Okay, so I'm gonna read the whole, I'm gonna death. read this whole quote from him. He says, "I'm not afraid of death. I'm just pissed off about it. Especially, I think when you have a life like we have, and then one day it's over. I mean, that really pisses me off. Hopefully, there is a life after this, and we all know it's gonna be different. I hope there's life after this, but it's not gonna be like this. I'm not gonna sit after we're dead. We're not gonna sit here like this and do interviews and have a great time and have laughs." Maybe there will be angels sitting around. Maybe there will be God there smacking us every time we say a four-letter word or something like that. That I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's upsetting, and I cannot stand it. I'm so angry about it. <laughs> he's like, really, really pisses me off. He's like, really? I, I mean, I don't. I think this was from a Howard Stern interview or something, but I, I didn't like watch the clip. But I'm just like imagining him sitting there, like at a in a room and just getting pissed off while talking about death. I don't want to die. <laughs> but I just thought that was really funny because. <laughs> I'm going to give it a Brokaw. Yeah, sure. Classic Arnold. Um, this is the one I mentioned to you before that I'm I'm not going to count this as like a <coughs> – well, I guess, I guess the accusation is true. But um, Jeremy, Renner, Jeremy Renner was accused of threatening to kill his ex-wife. <laughs> when, like? Like this was fairly recently. He, he and his wife apparently have been going through this like really bad divorce. And like his wife af- accused him of sticking a gun in his own mel- mouth – firing it off in a room with his with their kid in the room and like maybe threatening to kill her and then jeremy renner's come out what is the news source of this uh i can't it was like playlist playlist yeah it's i think it was one of the imdb sources i can't remember now i now i i'm saying that as an accusation it wasn't something that actually happened Uh, jeremy renner has since come out and said that his wife is like kind of crazy (laughs) And like, uh, has been like posting the uh, posting like photos and stuff. Yeah, nudes. To other, yeah, nudes to other people and stuff. Um, uh, and he said they're very one-sided accusations. But I made a note. He didn't deny them, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily mean anything. I don't think Jeremy Renner necessarily did this. Also, and I don't want to like cocaine abuse. Yeah, I don't want to like seem like we have a stance on this but i just thought it was like a really wild story that i happened to stumble upon meanwhile <laughs> kevin feige's like oh we should have just killed him instead of black <laughs> what are He's, we doing uh, we could we have, have a hawkeye series coming up <laughs> <laughs> no i mean if, if these accusations are false which i mean if you feel like they like i hope be. so yeah then yeah. I, I could see jeremy renner being just crazy though yeah i'm gonna give it 
I don't know. I'm going to give it a Bur- uh, Bombadil because it's not good if they're true, but it's also not good that he was accused if it was false. So I don't know. I'm just going to give it a Bombadil. Uh, yeah, I mean, if when, when there's smoke, there's there's fire somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that it was not a great relationship. So. Yeah. Um, um, and then I just I had a couple quick things that we can just kind of rapid fire through. Um, the Doctor Sleep runtime was announced, and it's going to be longer than The Shinings. How long is it? Uh, it's uh, over two and a half hours. That's probably a mistake. Yep. I'm already assuming that movie's not going to be very good. The Shining is already, like, a really long movie, at least to me. Like, it's good, and I really like it, but it There's feels no really long. There's no way this movie's not going to feel long. What is that? Oh, 2.30. 233. Okay, 233. So just just over two and a half hours. Um, and The Shining anyway. is da, 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 at 226. Okay, so not that much more, but still. The Shining is a very slow, and it feels very long. I couldn't watch it all the time, even though I love it. So I'm going to give it a Bombadil. Yeah, I'm going to give this a Bombadil. This is too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, Jesse Eisenberg in an interview for Zombieland said he's pretty sure he won't ever be Lex Luthor again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually didn't hate him uh, as Lex Luthor. I think they should have, I don't know if they should have just not, he should not have been Lex Luthor, just another mm-hmm. guy. I, I feel like had the rest of that movie been good, people would have been more inclined to not hate him as Lex Luthor? Maybe. Maybe. I didn't I didn't hate I didn't hate his acting, but the writing and his lines weren't great. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I just burped. <laughs> I ate a bunch before okay. this. <laughs> okay. Um but I I don't know. I I'll fully admit I haven't seen the full like Batman v Superman. You've actually. just seen Batman v the state of Georgia. What? <laughs> That's anyway, a Supreme Court. Case. All right, all right, Jimmy. This is why I usually do Batman color commentary. Batman v Ferguson. Right? <laughs> um. Anyway, Batman but... v Board of Education. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Like. <laughs> uh. But anyway, I the clips I've seen of Jesse Eisenberg, I I really don't like it. I mean, I know that's kind of jumping on the bandwagon, but I just I'm like, what the like fuck is Batman he doing? Superman. <laughs> great commentary. I, he's, great. He's just, he's just being crazy. Like he's he's could be like, he's just being Jesse Eisenberg, but a little bit more unhinged. Yeah. I don't like. I don't know. Isn't that just what Lex Luthor is? Am I right? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a Brokaw. Good. You know what? Not do I think anymore. people need to be open-minded about different interpretations, though. I think I, I I think it doesn't work in the context of the rest of the movie, and the rest of the movie is bad, and his dialogue is bad. But I think you could find a movie. But I feel like where he, that interpretation. Works. I feel like he could have been just like any crazy person. He didn't have to be Lex Luthor. Okay. Well, <laughs> He's not Lex Luthor. I've seen too. He's of, like Lex, Lex Luthor's kid or something. Yeah. Well, I've seen a lot Settle of like, down. Okay, fine. But Maybe I'm still if giving you just it a his head. It's a broke. You know what? He did that at the end of Justice League. Remember that? Is that the one? Uh, Deathstroke? No. That's, yeah, Deathstroke. Deathstroke is in that. Yeah. I want Deathstroke. I want Deathstroke too. Come on. Although no. I want Deathstroke one before I want Deathstroke two. <laughs> 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 Man, Carnage, hilarious. Shriek, and Venom do. <laughs> All right, uh, that's I didn't it. get to read it. Oh, okay, fine. I'll give it, it a broka. Okay, probably good. Destroy that's... the the DCEU. Do these one-off things. That's it for Tom's. Yay. <laughs> so, uh, are we gonna do? I feel like we'll do like a two-minute non-spoiler review, and then just do spoilers because like it's on Netflix. Yeah. If you've watched Breaking Bad, you're probably gonna watch this movie. Like, oh. I will just say this movie does not ruin Breaking Bad. <laughs> I don't. I've never. I haven't seen anybody say this movie ruins Breaking it Bad. It certainly does not. And I don't. I don't. I haven't seen people like hate this movie or anything. So I think you're pretty safe in watching this movie if you've seen the rest of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. In fact, you may you might really like it. Yeah, you might.
Okay, Jimbo. Ready to review this movie? Yeah. All right. So, El Camino, a Breaking Bad story. I didn't pull up a synopsis, so I'm just going to briefly tell about it. Basically, it's set after the events of Breaking Bad. An El Camino story. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you, uh, the spoiler alert for the end of Breaking Bad, I guess, because I can't really don't talk about Don't listen to this review. Yeah, don't listen to it if you Bad. haven't seen Breaking Bad. I feel like that, that should be a given there, too. Anyway, so, uh, like, at the end of Breaking Bad, Jesse breaks out. He's away from the, the neo-Nazis and everything. And then he's like, oh, yay, I'm, I'm, I'm screaming. I'm, I'm free. But what happened after that scream, you know? That's what this movie's all about. It's about exploring Jesse after he escapes and tries to elude the, the yeah, forces. Yeah, and it's like immediately after. Yeah, it's immediately. It, put, it picks up right after. It's like a whole Force Awakens Last Jedi thing. He oh, comes yeah. over and Mark Hamill just takes some meth and throws it, it over his throw. shoulder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that without getting the spoilers. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this movie. Well, what are your overall thoughts there? My overall thoughts, I think it's a good but not great movie. Um, I think it's, it, you know, it's a nice thing to have because, you know, I because I love Breaking Bad. It's nice to have this extra chapter and everything. But I think it fails to justify its own existence. And that's my biggest problem with it. Okay, I think that's the main criticism of this movie. Mm-hmm. I really, really like this movie. I was very surprised. I wasn't all that excited for this movie i was moderately excited wasn't on my top 10 most anticipated movies or whatever i like uh breaking bad a lot um i'm definitely like not the the biggest breaking bad fan although i want to rewatch it and get a greater appreciation for it i really want to watch that too um i do agree that this movie is not necessary mm-hmm. i mean i feel like but like is any epilogue really necessary yeah getting into those deep philosophical questions sure. <laughs> <laughs> um i will say though that i i was so caught off guard by how much i actually enjoyed watching this movie mm-hmm. uh particularly just aaron paul's performance oh as yeah jesse pinkman it was fantastic it's kind of un- like it's almost unfortunate that i feel like aaron paul is peaking this early in his career because like how how much better can he possibly get than like jesse pinkman yeah I, it's <laughs> he's his range in this movie is fantastic mm-hmm. um uh i i like a lot of the side characters in this movie a lot i mm-hmm. think i just vince gilligan in his writing and directing who also was the creator and writer director of the show a lot of it i mean he was the mastermind behind breaking bad he does all of breaking bad and better call saul yeah. and all that and stuff. he did x files back the in the breaking day bad of verse um he's just like the master of just creating this tension and paying it off um and to which to me the payoffs were really satisfying to mm-hmm. every sort of attention uh he just ramped up the intensity of each scene and then when it hit the fan i thought it was worthwhile and i thought it was i didn't think it was that like super predictable or anything i I thought there were a couple good twists in there that i didn't see coming um overall i mean i i another thing i liked about this movie was just like getting to see breaking bad in like a cinematic aspect ratio Mm -hmm. um it just it made me want to go watch Breaking Bad again and Better yeah. Call Saul definitely. Yeah. Uh, I thought the way you the intentionality, um, how deliberate uh, Vince Gilligan was and um, how he uh, structured each scene and exactly how he moved the camera, mm-hmm. I thought was to great effect in creating tension, but also just being visually compelling and interesting there are a few shots in here with certain reveals that i liked a lot or parallels sort of shots to establish certain things and certain uh times because this there is like a different timelines in this movie there's quite a bit of flashback and stuff like that vince gilligan's uh direction is very reminiscent of like i guess I, I guess maybe just because I've been like th- watching stuff lately and stuff, but kind of how like Scorsese does stuff and in, uh, in making like pretty just 
average, boring, <laughs> boring-looking things like visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Because like, I, I mean, that's that's how Scorsese does most of his movies in like grimy cities and whatever. But um, the, I mean, this movie is like it's beautiful, but like it's not like there's conventional. No, there's beautiful. nothing like beautiful in no, the shots. No. Just, I mean, that's kind of how Breaking Bad was too. It's just kind of set in this desert and like this Albuquerque. Yeah, Albuquerque. That's kind of just a shithole. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who li- lives in Albuquerque. Wow. It's probably a fine place. Wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know what to say about this movie without spoiling it. Should we give our ratings and then get into spoilers? We'll give our ratings and then go into spoilers. All right. You first. I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, you heard no. me right. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> a lot, a this lot, a lot. This movie is it's, it's pretty good. That's my thought. All right, let's get into spoilers. Spoiler time, Jimmy. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I think so. Spoil the shit out of this movie, all right? <laughs> you have a potty mouth, sir. <laughs> I don't know who that You're was. Towel. <laughs> <laughs> You're a towel. You're a towel. That's Tally from South Park. Yeah. If you are not aware. That's a niche reference right there. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So let's let's talk about the. Okay, I want to I want to talk about kind of where the movie starts. Um, I think <coughs> honestly, maybe my favorite part of the movie is him with his friends at okay. the beginning of the movie. Sure. I think that's so good. I think that whole like. I think that whole sequence, not only is it, like, not only is Aaron Paul's performance very good with how, like, he, how he's dealing with, like, the, this trauma and stuff, but I, I think, like, his connection to these characters is just so good. I I agree. I was just going to say I like so much how Vince Gilligan was able to portray Jesse's trauma mm-hmm. in a way that was, A, almost like all visual mm-hmm. it was all like in the parallel of the the different shots and how the editing i thought was fantastic yeah in this movie in terms of just like it was very much show not tell mm. i like that and i agree the the chemistry with his friends was exceptional and i thought they did a great job um in yeah. terms of acting and skinny pete the one who you didn't like in the trailer yeah <laughs> i stand by it i'm just kidding i don't really care yeah, no, I uh, I was waiting for that scene to happen, and then when it doesn't it, happen, and then when it didn't happen, I was like, "Good, that's pretty cool." Uh, they just made that for the trailer. I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I never saw the other trailer that came out. I didn't either. I think that was the only thing I saw. Um, but yeah, I think like like the whole whole thing with uh, <laughs> Skinny Pete giving him his hat and everything and saying that was you're, touching, you're my man. hero, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Cheered up a bit. It was pretty fun. And also, I liked him and uh, Badger yelling at each other while playing the video game. <laughs> <laughs> also, that was very unconvincing video game acting. Yeah, and he's no. like trying to turn the car, but he's turning the controller. <laughs> that's an Emily <laughs> that, Warden movie. That's, a, cl- you know that's a classic, you know, just true. You're not playing Vince Mario Gilligan, Kart. you ever played a video game before? <laughs> wow. Amateur hour. That's why I'm giving this an 8 out of 10 and not a 9.5. <laughs> Um, I, uh, can I jump to Jesse Plemons in this movie? Yeah, I, I didn't know it was gonna be in it. I didn't at all. either. I thought I kind of hinted at this, hinted this to you um, when I texted you my first impressions after I watched it. But that whole, uh, st- all the stuff that happens with Jesse Plemons reminded me a lot of like Pulp Fiction, just like kind of mm. like these oh, yeah. two I can see that. criminals. <laughs> just kind of going about this everyday task of just getting rid of this dead body. <laughs> I like how he just makes him do a couple things and then it builds up to that. Yeah. And the reveal of that when he's like, oh, oh my gosh. And then it pans down and then you see the body and just all the dark humor in that. And, and just, well, and just the way that Jesse Plemons is like just so nonchalant about it. He's just like, yeah, we just need to get rid of it. Oh, she was great. What'd she, she do? She was nice. Oh, nothing, man. She just found my money. Like, I, I love Todd, and I forgot how much I love Todd. Yeah. He's just so, like, he's, like, a frightening villain just because of how, like, little he seems to, little empathy he has, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Towards anyone. Is it just me, or is Jesse Plemons, like, 
definitely way older now than he was when, oh, during oh, yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah, he and definitely put is. on a few pounds. And <laughs> well, I'm like, you're definitely not. You do not he look the same. He seemed pretty young in the first, in like in he the does. series. He's but now he young. seems like yeah, he's Jesse Plum. Now he's like in his thirties. It yeah. looks like. Um, but he's, he's cornering the market on quiet, uh, <laughs> quiet <laughs> psychopaths. <laughs> like a, uh, in a game night when he's like, how's that profitable for free to lay? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and also, uh, USS Callister. Oh yeah, here. that's right. <laughs> he's really, he's kind of typecast into that, but he's so good at yeah, playing he is it. Good. That he's, <laughs> his comedic delivery as a s- psychopath is excellent. Yeah. Um, that from? I forgot about that game night. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, the the three for one deal. Buy one, give three free or whatever. How is that profitable for free to lay? <laughs> just, the, just the way he says it. Um, but so I loved that entire sequence with um, with Todd, Jesse mm-hmm. Plemons. And then um, the whole, like, him tearing through the apartment and the whole sequence with the cops, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I also thought that, that overhead shot. Yeah, oh, the overhead shot. I had forgotten about that until yeah, you just that said was, it. That was a very good one. Very cool. Um, yeah, the, that whole cop sequence is very good because I wasn't expecting. I was. It. I did not see that. Coming and it out. makes sense now, like well, the way they were acting, because I was like, they kind of just seem like dicks. <laughs> They're like yeah. asshole cops. But and then the the whole no, nosy neighbor sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, that was interesting how that all played out. Um, and I liked the I liked Jesse hiding and the shot of him like with the gun pointed mm-hmm. at him. I, I think my favorite, if I had to pick my favorite scene in this movie, I think it's um I kind of forgot to mention this when talking about Jesse Plemons, but was the desert thing where they're out in the desert and oh, he yeah. sees the gun in the the glove box. Yeah, that's like that's very that's like good. oh crap moment. And it's like you just feel it, like oh man, what is gonna happen next? One, and that's like weird that uh, like Vince Gilligan is able to build that tension despite the fact we know like Jesse Plemons doesn't get killed there. You know, I had forgotten. So oh, I think he get, I think well, he gets Jesse. Jesse strangles him um, in that in the kind of the episode, final episode. In the final episode, okay, because he doesn't. He ducks. Uh, Todd ducks, and then Jesse like strangles him with his cuffs or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so. Um, I still like even I think if you know it's coming, it's just like, wow, yeah. it's very much like a a reek moment, am I right? From mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, very oh, much. Aaron, wow, drawing Plus. these comparisons. See the mind firing. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't I'm have just to on know top of my game. Don't. Peak performance. Um, eat your Wheaties, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that scene was very good. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, and like I said, it's just like out of nowhere too. He yeah. builds this tension. Um, the all the flashbacks and everything that kind of like leads me to my problem with the movie though, and just that it feels really unnecessary. As much as I love seeing everything that's happening, I can't feel like it. it to me, it just feels like very insignificant. Like the last episode of Breaking Bad felt a lot more impactful for me to me i can understand that yeah i could i could have gone without the flashbacks and still like this movie just as much i think well and i, I and i'm like cool with seeing you know jesse have a happy ending and i everything. mean other than i guess the jesse Plemons stuff is technically a frat flashback i'm talking mm-hmm. about the 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 cameos i should say of oh. mike and of uh walter white oh yeah okay those um, i'm talking about specifically but i I just, I, I mean, even, like, the the main thrust of the movie, which is him, like, trying to get away, and he spends a lot of time at the apartment and everything, I'm just, like, I, this doesn't, I, it doesn't feel necessary to me. I don't know. I, it's just, like, the, like, the movie, as much as I loved everything in it, it just felt very inconsequential, and it, like... I think that's what I liked so much about it. It was just such this, it was this contained, tight narrative that didn't try to do this crazy stuff rather it was just like a a deeper dive into the character of jesse pinkman after the events Mm -hmm. of the final episode and i and i think that's why i enjoyed it so much is because it didn't try to go out and be like the cursed child which kind of swung and missed in terms of like trying to do this crazy thing and some people love the cursed child i mean i for i'm one of those people 
like I'm not going to spoil anything about the Cursed Child, but like the concept of it, I think is fantastic. And the execution of it is not mm-hmm. in terms of the Cursed Child. Whereas this, this is just like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's playing it safe. I mean, playing it safe would be to like literally just do a bunch of cameos and yeah. nothing happens. And But I just thought this was um, a look at Jesse Pinkman going from just getting rolled over by everyone to finally determining his own path, which I believe is where the El Camino title comes in, which mm-hmm. is like the way. That's what that means? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. The road, the path. I also know it's the type of car he drives. That's the only thing I knew. That could be true, too. No, that's, lit- that's it's literally the type of car he well, drives. Well, I mean, that could be the reason for the <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. But, I mean, double. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could have a double meaning. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That was just kind of my thought i i didn't necessarily want it to be like a, a grander spectacle than the end of the show but i just feel like i feel like just knowing jesse got away from the the neo-nazis was enough yeah i, I think you could end it there mm-hmm. too i i do like how he his character did change in this though he mm-hmm. like came to terms with what happened and he defined his own destiny Whereas the kind of last saw him of just being in a state of hysteria and like he, not knowing where to go now, not wa- knowing where he's going to end up. He's like, okay, he's come to terms with his past. He's able to move on. He sends the letter to the kid, right? Yeah. And he goes to Alaska. He he pulls a Homer Simpson. He does. In the Simpsons movie. <laughs> <laughs> he, he almost seems to like grow into a combination of like his like past self and like present self where he's at like kind of like Jesse Pinkman at the beginning of Breaking Bad where he's he's more kind of happy and and uh, uh, carefree a, a little bit I guess but he he's like matured a lot too um, and a lot of, and obviously a lot of that has affected him but I feel like he's almost kind of reverted a little bit back to pre-breaking bad jesse pinkman but in like a good way because he doesn't have all this shit happening to him anymore (laughs) and everything yeah i think i would you know i haven't seen the show in several years but it kind of reminded me of the times when he goes and gets help Mm -hmm. and he's like on he's basically fully recovered and then walter white drags him back into everything sure it kind of reminds me of him at that stage but now there's no one to drag him back yeah he's gotten out of there completely he's escaped um, Robert Forster, what did you think of him in this? He in was this good. Movie? I liked him I a really lot. I liked him in this. He, it's funny because he's basically the like you could tell me that he's the same character in this movie that he is in uh, Jackie Brown. Yeah, well, <laughs> very I, similar in terms the, of just kind of like ordinary guy caught up in this side business of like criminal stuff. Mm-hmm. That that <clears throat> whole that whole scene in the vacuum shop, I really like. I love the whole nine one one dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> and Jesse Pinkman, he's he's so sure that like he faked the like, phone oh, call. I'm like, oh crap, he <laughs> totally got him. And then the cop car comes. <laughs> that was so funny. And like, and the guy, I I can't. His name's Ed, I think. Ed, like the whole time. He's like, like Jesse's, you know, like swearing at him and his stuff, and he's just like, like I'm ninety six percent sure you are the guy. Yeah, you're the guy. And Ed's just like, I'm not. He's like, he doesn't break. He's like, I'm not gonna do this unless you give me my money. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like eighteen hundred dollars. He's like, no, no. He's just so stoic and about it. Yeah, and then at the end, he ends up being helpful, and he he even agrees to mail that letter for Jesse, which is real nice of him. Would it be Robert Forrester? Yeah. Good job, uh, Robert Forrester. I think it's a, a, a very fitting ending for yeah, him in yeah. terms of... A good last role. Yeah, good, a good uh, final appearance. Um, what do you think about the uh, what do you, the warehouse scene? I don't. What do you? What was that place? The, uh, the welding, welding company? Welding company um, scene? I, mm, I thought it was good from a technical standpoint, but I just like... Again, I, that was probably one of the biggest scenes that I was like, like this doesn't really need to be here. I felt like, I well, it's I, it's him getting like, the the guy is the physical manifestation of his struggle overcoming his trauma from the cage, 
So sure. getting rid of that guy is him symbolically overcoming this struggle. And I think, like, in terms of, like, the tension in the scene, I don't think it was um, as entertaining as the uh, as a couple of the other scenes were. But I thought it was very effective um, in uh, several ways. And I mean, like, you know, we didn't know the outcome of that one necessarily. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't think that Jesse Pinkman would was going to die or anything. No, but there was no way they were going to kill Jesse. But I, I just like how everything doesn't go to plan but it's like not just so unpredictably or so predictably everything goes wrong and then just predictably gets resolved yeah there's all there is a lot of like what's going how is this gonna end yeah a lot of uncertainty there i don't know i I like when he gets their ids and he starts yelling yeah all right jay you are gonna (laughs) do this if you come after me i know where you live i'll come back and kill everyone um the I don't my my problem with that group is I never found them very threatening and I feel I I don't know I almost like that that symbolism that you're talking about like I almost wonder if there would be like a better way to do that because I don't know I just they felt like very I don't think you're supposed to really focus on the group it's the guy yeah well but even the guy I'm just kind of like he's just kind of like a loser who owns a, a a welding company yeah like, I think I that's kind of like I don't like who do you want him to be I don't know but like I I just feel like if that's if that's the whole point of that scene is him symbolically overcoming this like this trauma that he overcame like why is that trauma being represented by this like lame asshole <laughs> well like what's your alternative that's better I don't know well I mean in I, I don't know. I'm not offering an alternative because I don't know what would be better. Do you think it'd be better if this guy was, like, a morally, like, well, I mean, like, it's hard to, like, justify <laughs> someone, like, would you, th- do you think it would be more interesting if this guy had, like, kids? Or if he was going to kill him and he was, like, a, his family was there? Do you think that would have been I more just, compelling? No, I, or? Think, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I like don't necessarily what, what needed to be more compelling about this character. Did he have to have some sort of redemptive I, no, qualities I to him? Or? No, I I think making him more threatening would make it better. Because I don't think he is threatening like at all. Mm, I or mean, make him more of or make him more of like a, a a problem for Jesse to overcome. Because I mean he's just kinda like this he's he's like I said, he's just this guy. Yeah. And like I don't know. I, I I feel like since the struggle with his trauma is like such like a big part of the movie and it's pretty great. Like, why is it being represented by this lame guy? You just I I just think it's part of like the the realistic nature of Breaking Bad that it doesn't aggrandize things. It doesn't go so like big. It just is very realistic in that in that uh, and grounded. I don't know. I I didn't think, boy, this guy is not intimidating enough and stuff. And he was caught it by surprise. Sure. So. I don't know. Um, I disagree with your criticisms, kind fine. sir. Well, I disagree with your praise. So there's that. Um, it's okay. We can talk about the cameos yeah. that were in this movie. Let's start with Mike since he was at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. So I like... Well, that was like before he, right before he died. Yeah, it had to have been. I don't, cause I don't remember Mike's death. Like, I kind of remember Mike's death, but like I don't know. I when had this forgotten scene that he died, exactly. honestly. Yeah, I don't know when this would be exactly. I don't. Cause Walt kills Mike. And is this scene from a episode? No, I'm pretty sure it's not. Maybe I feel like is. he did talk about Alaska before. Did I don't he? know. I I don't remember. For me, the cameos. I mean that one works fine because it's like that's the reason he chooses Alaska. Yeah, and if it is a scene from the show, pretty cool because that's a pretty good, good looking scene. Um, or maybe they reenacted that parts. Be. It could have been like extended or whatever. Um, again, I I thought all the cameos were not necessary, like you said. Yeah. I could have. I think this movie would have been just as good without them. I didn't think they necessarily detracted from the movie. I thought they were kind of just like extra little glimpses of the relationships he had with these two characters. Are there any others than 
No. Like in like deliberate like flashbacks. Because so. Saul's not in this, which I was kind of surprised. Like with all yeah. the other cameos there were, there's no Saul cameo. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't think about that when I was watching it. Uh, the Walter White scene. Again, it's like Walter trying to shape Jesse's life for him. Yeah. But it's um, kind of pointless. Yeah. I mean, I uh, think I'd get more out of it rewatching the movie and I think I'd pick up a few things from the cameos that I didn't pick up the first time. But yeah, I mean like I don't think do you think they like took away a ton from the movie? No. Though? And I mean it's always I I mean I was really happy to see Walt again, which I think is the main reason Walt why Disney. it's there. Yeah, Walt Disney. I think that's the main reason it was there was to like I mean fan service, but like uh, I mean, there, I'm just I'm, let me, I'm, I'm kind just, of torn on I'm I'm like torn on that scene because I I just liked seeing them interact again, but it was probably the most unnecessary scene in the that yeah I would say the Walter White scene is the most unnecessary scene in the movie yeah um but I would say it's certainly better than a lot of other fan service stuff like oh you're alone I'll call you Han Solo yeah it is better than that <laughs> you know there were fan servicey things yeah. Yeah, uh, the music. I don't think the Breaking Bad. We didn't theme, talk about Kristen Ritter, which was that his girlfriend at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, which, I mean, who I forgot kinda... was in Breaking Bad because <laughs> she's Jessica Jones. Oh, I haven't watched that, so it's I don't very, know that. Very good. Um, but yeah, uh, that I was... think that's a scene from the show too, right? Is it? I believe so. She's credited in the movie, so I thought maybe it was a new scene. Well, they might have like refilmed it. But like oh. that dialogue exchange, I'm sure. pretty sure is in the show. Oh, maybe it's not. There's a lot of dialogue exchanges between them in a car. Yeah. So maybe I, I again, it's been like six years since I've seen it. So the music, I don't really remember the music. The, I don't think they ever do play the Breaking Bad theme. No, they did during the recap. The recap, yeah. But I thought it was like it wasn't obnoxious or anything. I no. thought it was perfectly suitable, suitable for the movie. There was that oh there was that scene with Todd singing in the car. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Where he's driving. I, I thought that was pretty such funny. a great part yeah. of this movie. Todd might be one of my favorite parts. I mean, he's not as good as Aaron Paul, but yeah. Might so, be my second favorite part. I really like this movie. It might be my favorite movie this year, surprisingly. Mm. Um it's definitely up there with uh Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think I would give it uh, I'll put it above us right now as well, uh, and Midsummer. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're reminding me of all these movies I like. Yeah, I don't think it makes top five for me. Maybe top ten. I don't know. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll probably rank it at the end of the year or something. Are we done with the review of El Camino? I think so. You should watch it. Yeah. If you're listening but only to spoilers, if you, but only if you've watched Breaking Bad. Hopefully, you've seen both of those things by now. You don't need to see Better Call Saul. Because we didn't see Better Call Saul. Nope. So. All right. What's our next segment, Holden? Our next segment is, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing, Holden? What am I doing? Um, My life right now is pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie. Actually, it's not that exciting. It's fine. Um, let's hear all about it. Yeah, let's. I'll let you know. Um, so, since I'm trying to remember what I've seen since the last time, I watched The Social Network, uh, starring Jesse Eisenberg, who we just commented on earlier, um, and he Andrew just, Garfield. Just laid an egg with his mouth. That was that that noise was. He was like, <laughs> and this whole egg Excuse came out. Me. <laughs> he just put it in an incubator. Um, but yeah, uh, that movie was great. I loved it. Like it's one of my probably, I, I liked it more than El Camino. All right. Um, <laughs> but it's probably one of my favorite movies I've seen recently. Um, and I, I made a comparison. It's more very, than King of Comedy. No, I probably like King of Comedy more. But I, I so did really like it. I said it's one of my favorites. Okay, I didn't fine. say my favorite. Um, okay, quickly, El Camino or Joker? Joker. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree to disagree on that. <laughs> um, 
I think I gave I gave them both the same rating. Yeah, I'd rather watch Joker again though. Um, but I think if you'd watch them each another time, you'd come around. No, to the good side. I don't think so, but maybe. Or we'll you'd see. shoot up a theater. <laughs> yeah, you know, as Joker does. Um, <laughs> as we all did after we saw Joker. The Social Network is, uh, it, it's really interesting because it's it's written by Aaron Sorkin, who also wrote Steve Jobs, which is one of my favorite movies. The and, West Wing. Yeah, West Wing. I mean, he's written a lot. I, I wasn't listing Molly's off things. Game. I, w- I wasn't, okay. Did anybody say that? Anyway. See that? No, no one saw that. Um, but I, I love Steve Jobs, and I can definitely – that came out after The Social Network, and I can see a lot of Social Network's influence on that movie. So maybe if I saw Social Network first, I'd like that one more. But I, uh, but it's very good regardless. I also saw Drive <laughs> starring Ryan Gosling. Drive is very good. Yeah, Drive is very Who good. Who else is in that movie? Um, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Walt himself. Um, Oscar Isaac. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Um. Oh, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Very artsy movie. It, it is. It's uh, it's not as artsy as I thought it was going to be. I think I just think of that because that was like the first art house film I had ever seen. Oh, okay. It's not It's not as pretentious as a lot of Refn, the, the director, Refn's other films um, from what I understand, but it's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty accessible thriller, honestly, I think, uh, that just kind of veers into the art house genre a little don't bit. watch the trailer before you see the movie i've never seen the trailer i so. watched the trailer after i watched the movie i was like boy i'm glad i didn't watch that before gives a lot away does it really yeah okay don't watch the trailer then not that you would probably watch a trailer on a eight-year-old movie anyway um well if you're on the fence of whether you want to watch it or not it was also like one of the first ryan gosling serious roles where people were like hey this guy can act yeah, that makes sense. I would have been around that time. Yeah, um, he's not just the notebook guy. Yeah, uh, what are you doing carrying around, carrying around a notebook? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that movie is about. That wise crack in humor, <laughs> Holden. See what happens when you're the host. I'm um, gonna get my letterbox out so I can review another eight million movies. <laughs> um, I, I don't also, think you guys understand how pretentious Holden is with this letterbox account. He's like, oh, one second, I'm reviewing this on letterbox real quick. I I'm don't review- say that. One second, I'm, I'm reviewing a Martin Scorsese movie on Letterboxd. I don't right think now. I ever said that. Anyway. But yeah, follow me on I'm Letterboxd. I'm a little bit. Follow me on Letterboxd. It's, you can either find me at Holden Sutter or Mr. Freeman. He's like, look at the juxtaposition of my Letterboxd <laughs> scores among the Scorsese and the Wes Anderson films. Yeah, that's right. I like Wes Anderson and Scorsese. There's no juxtaposition there. Yeah, you like Joker more than El Camino. I do. Um, but I also watched um, the making of documentary for the Dark Crystal uh, series. That's incredibly interesting. Uh, it's it's not like one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, but it's, it's no Phantom Menace documentary, which I still haven't seen on but, YouTube. I highly recommend it on the official Star Wars YouTube. Okay, but um, so good. Uh, Dark Crystal. I mean, it's all made. It's all puppets, and it's all for the most part practical. There's a little bit of CG in there, but not much. Um, so it's just cool to see how much like time and effort they spent making this show because the show is 10 episodes and they spent like three years making it it's incredible and so if you like the show at all you'll probably find this interesting and i recommend it um and i as far as a video game i started playing this game called minute have you ever heard of minute m-i-n-i-t minute it's a game. It's like a little dungeon that crawler was, no, game. No, I, I shook my head yeah, and realized no. it on a podcast. <laughs> he, it's a little dungeon crawler game where you every life you have only lasts 60 seconds. So you only have 60 seconds to do anything. I get it. It's a minute. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but it's really cool. It's like pretty simplistic because you got to make it fairly simple to be able to do anything <laughs> in that time. But it's, it's pretty fun and it's pretty expansive. I still haven't uh, beat it yet. Um, but it's good. Uh, and I'm still watching that, uh, undone show with the animation, the, I can't remember how, what, what it's called. It's a weird animation. I said it on the last episode. So go listen Rotoscoping? Yeah. Rotoscoping. That's it. Very, very That's good. Cool That's got That's cool Saul word. in it. Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. He's in it. He's very good in that. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. How about you, Jimmy? I've been watching South Park still. I have. I forgot to mention this last week, but in one of my classes, Modern European History, Revolutionary European History, something like that, um, we we watched a movie called Amazing Grace, which is from, I should look up the year. Sounds sucky. 
it it's all right it's not great it's not terrible it's pretty entertaining Amazing Grace. That came up with the song. I should have typed in a movie. <laughs> um, it is from 2000. No, that's the Aretha Franklin one. Uh, oh, gosh. You look it up. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch in it. It has Dumbledore in it. Amazing Grace. Okay, yeah. I'll look it up. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just really funny because it's about the um, British abolition of the slave trade and the people behind that. Uh, it was kind of kind of one of the earliest abolition movements in Western civilization. Um, so it's the history is pretty interesting, but it's just funny because the guy who plays Dumbledore is like the secret weapon of like this parliamentary group of trying to like get a coalition together for abolition. So like, like whenever, but he, he always just like starts talking to the rest of parliament and raises his voice, but it just sounds like he's talking to the students of Hogwarts. He's like, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today we are gathered here for history. It's like, he's announcing the Triwizard tournament. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, you, Harry Potter, did you put your name on the goblet of fire? Dumbledore said calmly. <laughs> um, it's just that's really funny and like they're having like these secret meetings and he's just like looks like he's sleeping and he's like he has his eyes closed and he's leaning back in a chair and he's like telling them political advice he's like no you gotta do this no but it's Dumbledore it's just it's very comical and then Benedict Cumberbatch becomes the prime minister and he's like I'm Benedict Cumberbatch I'm the prime minister that's probably a thing I would do I'm the prime minister I'm Khan (laughs) (laughs) I'm Benedict I'm ex-Benedict Cumberbatch Wow. Got that one. I'm glad you were the first person to make that that's joke. A, that's a good joke. Um, you don't get it. Eggs Benedict is a food. But it's like it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's a, it's like a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. It would be like a 5 out of 10 for Holden. And then a 6.5 out of 10 for my weird rating scale <laughs> <laughs> that Holden always makes fun of. Um, beyond that, I've been playing Arkham Knight. That's fun. I've been doing a lot of the AR augmented reality like challenge map stuff i've gotten pretty good at them i'll say but i need to quit playing them yeah because they're addicting an actual good game yeah the Catwoman, <laughs> the Catwoman dlc for that game is so difficult mm. it took me an hour to beat the final part and it's supposed to take you like 20 minutes i can't to remember beat it. if i even beat it i might have it just took gave several up. tries i got so frustrated yeah i think i may have just watched the ending on youtube or something i um I wanted the silver trophy you get when you beat it. I don't remember. I might have done that. Um, but I was like, "All right, this is my this is my last try." And then I I finally got it. Right when I said this like, is gonna yes. be my last try. Yes, yes. But I played through all the D- DLCs of it and all that good stuff. I like that Arkham Knight game. It's my favorite of the three, four so far. Um, so far, you hear me, WB Montreal. Let's get going on that announcement. Yeah. Right. Um, but other than that, I don't think I, I've seen anything. I saw this good movie, really good movie called uh, El Camino or Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's all right. Story. Yeah, it's, a lot, it's pretty it's, solid. It's, it's a lot better than Holden gives it credit for. <laughs> anything else, Holden Sutter? Uh, nope. That'll Lead be it. host of the That One Movie podcast from I'm now the host. On. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, follow us on our social media. We have a Facebook and a Twitter and an you, email. And YouTube. All those and links YouTube. are in the description. They are. They will be. And Patreon, uh, of course. And Patreon, yeah. If you want to donate some money, we'd much appreciate it. Our next movie, by default, is going to be Zombieland Double Tap. Yeah, so we were looking forward to um, a couple other movies that were coming out on, on the same day next week, which would have been Jojo Rabbit and The Lighthouse, as well as Zombieland 2. Um, however, those are not coming to theaters where we live, where I so, live, anyway, for now. So, unfortunately, uh, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to do that. And if we don't get Lighthouse or Jojo Rabbit, we might do Wild Hogs the week after. <laughs> um, so the reason why we are doing Wild Hogs is because one of our listeners gave us a five-star review on iTunes, told us what he liked about the show, and then he said, wouldn't it be great if we reviewed Wild Hogs? You can do the same to get us to review a movie that you suggest. Give us a five-star review on iTunes mm-hmm. or where, wherever you listen to this podcast and tell us what you like about the show and then uh, put the movie title in the review somewhere 
Yeah. Uh, we'll look at it and we'll add it to the queue of movies that we will review in certainly will. gap weeks. Uh, another way you can be eligible to do that is to donate to our Patreon for a minimum of one month for $1. And then you can get our email um, and let us know that you uh, added Patreon. Suggest it that way. Um, we can do that now uh, because we our audience isn't super massive yet. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we'll be building up that queue. We have another movie in the queue after Wild Hogs, don't oh, we? Yeah. If City of the City of God, City of God, or whatever. Yeah. That one. That one's that next. one that's on every filmmaker's like must watch list. That yeah. I still haven't seen. It's probably like a seven out of ten for Jimmy. What are you talking about? <laughs> I appreciate good movies like El Camino. Yeah, and scary stories to tell in the dark. Hey, I right? retroactively <laughs> gave that a much lower score. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, uh, so I think that'll be it for this week. Adios, pantalones. Bye, I love you.